As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 45, brought to you by Stone Soup for Five's brand new Bible reading and meditation guide, available on Amazon. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast where moms talk about real stuff and try to follow Jesus. I'm your hostess, Mackenzie Monroe from BoldTurquoise.com and CultivatingTheLovely.com. And ladies, we have a super fun episode today because I am finally introducing and having on all three of my brand new co-hosts in the same episode. So I've got kind of back-to-back interviews. It's a longer episode, but it's so much fun because I get to ask all of them why they decided to become a part of the show in 2018 and what they do for the holidays. And it's extra fun because one of our co-hosts is from England. So it was so fun to hear the differences or maybe more of the similarities of what their Christmas is like there compared to here and all sorts of other fun stuff. I hope you guys really enjoy the show. And since it's such a long one, let's just dive right in with my three new co-hosts, Leah Bowden, Jody McKenna, and Aaron Odom. All right, Leah, you're here. You're a co-host and I am yes. so excited. I am excited too. Here we are. I know. And we're, we're kind of we're kind of friends in real life now, Mackenzie, because totally. we got to hug and hang out in Nashville. So like I've seen real. you more than one day, like yes. two days in a row. I've actually seen That's, you in the flesh. You have. So yeah, yeah. we are no longer just distant acquaintances and I gotta say out of everyone that I've met online I think I probably thought actually meeting you in person was probably fairly far-fetched because (laughs) you're in England but you were there in Nashville I know and it It was was so far-fetched that I was in Nashville also I mean that was a real long shot that well that I went anywhere I never go anywhere well how great is that? I mean, yes. it was amazing. It was yes. so great to meet you. It so was great. so good to just, and like, you recognized me and I recognized, like, it was like, oh, yes, we know each I know. other. <laughs> yeah, I love that. My whole time there was this repeating kind of, I know that face. Yes. I know about your family and you kind of get through all the surface stuff online. Yeah. And then you get to hug on each other. And then I found myself just going deep with people really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. I, that must be like a social media thing. You kind of, I feel like I know you so we can skip past all the surface stuff. Yeah, and totally. Talk. And um, how great is that? I loved it. Yeah, well, yeah. and I was there with my friend Rebecca. Well, you know Rebecca. Yes, and I do. And 
we had only ever met online, but I mean, talking like on a daily basis for a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And on Marco Polo, which when you're doing the video, I think it really kind of takes it to another level. And yeah. So it was like, we totally just, yeah, knew each other. You just picked off from the last conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So it was when I saw you there, though, that I approached you about coming on as a co-host. So what made you decide to dive in and come on with Cultivating the Lovely? Well, well, first of all, thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you. Really? (laughs) Well, you kind of um, you're entrusting me with um you know your platform really what you've built and established so beautifully so it is a great privilege to be here um I think you when you interviewed me um a while ago well I'll start with this so social media is it's a funny and wonderful thing I think I my growing um small platform really but my growing platform has all kind of formed around the homeschooling um um, pedagogy and methodology of Charlotte Mason. So mm-hmm. this finite niche market, yes, um, because it was kind of, hey, I'm going to go onto Periscope and talk about this, and slowly that thing grew and grew. And it's interesting because that's kind of what gathered people. But really, the people who gathered around that are also mothers. Mm-hmm. Many of them Christ followers, um, you know, women, majority of them, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure. And yeah. <laughs> yes, there's actually I, you know, the, the root of who I am and, you know, of course, comes from my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also my homeschooling comes out of my mothering. So the foundational aspects of who I was, I wasn't really talking about online. Yeah. Um, and I found that even just our first interview together, you kind of drew that out of me. You were like, great love what you're doing about Charlotte Mason, but let's hear about a few other aspects. And I think that um, over the past 18 months, I've really felt this wanting to diversify in my voice, really, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, in my real life, we want to be authentic. We want yeah. to be real. And actually, you know, if you came to my home, sat in my kitchen, we would talk about Jesus. We would talk about the fact that I got a load of laundry to fold <laughs> yeah. and I don't know what's for dinner. You know, like yeah. that's the real stuff. Um, so when you asked me, I thought, yeah, you know what? This is a great invitation to share different elements of my life with um with the women of the world and I'm excited to do that with you I think it's going to be fun I'm so excited because yeah I feel like you have so much to offer and it's so interesting that you say like you're broadening because everywhere I turn I feel like people are saying nicheify nicheify you know just go after this one little thing I know but that's always been hard for me because we have these holistic lives that everything kind of intertwines with everything else. And so for me, being able to do Cultivating the Lovely, it's like this overarching concept that reaches into all those areas. And so it's a niche, but it's still kind of broad within that niche. You know, it's kind of like just making all the different parts of our lives better. So I'm just so excited to have you on board. It is interesting because I almost people kind of create this funnel and you you pull it down to this smaller thing and 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 here in England we say niche. Oh yes, <laughs> you know, for all the listeners outside of the United States. I'm sure that's the correct like... way to say it. I have no. 
<laughs> Who knows? I we will have these language things. I'm sure every so I'm, often that's going to be make it quite interesting. It's going to be so much fun. That's like one of the reasons I'm so excited. Yes. And I I think now I just need to start saying niche. And then when people look at me funny, I'll be like, no, my English friend told me yes. I need to pronounce it this way. We've so. got this cultural diversity but yes. no I think they're you're right marketers generally are saying you know create this niche or this niche and make it smaller and I and I see that I get that I understand that but I think um when as women when we get to know each other you know mm-hmm. when we sit around each other's tables when we gather in our homes we ask questions around the stuff of today you know what's yeah. going on in your life today this week what's current and there's so much going on in us and you know home education is an element of my life and a wonderful one and yes um I will continue to share the freedom I found you know within the um Charlotte Mason philosophy but that really is uh, just an element of my life um so I think we're gonna have some yeah some great conversations and hopefully really um really help support and cheer on um the incredible community that uh you know that cultivating the lovely is yeah I just I I think that's that's a big part of what drives me is so many women who come to me and say like oh your honest moments that's that's what I relate to and I I get the hard stuff and the nitty-gritty and I I love yeah. us being able to come together on that same playing field and be like yeah we're we're all in these trenches together so let's try to figure out how how we can survive well yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and I know I mean I listen to many many podcasts and you know it's kind of the thing I'll, I'll stick on while I'm doing laundry or or, or doing the dishes and mm-hmm. I love those conversations where you feel like you're eavesdropping exactly. on somebody's life and um I know I'm drawn in like that and if there are women like me out there you know they'll want to listen to these these conversations where you know and and who knows what we'll talk about but I'm sure um we'll get the great stuff and the hard stuff all in one but the 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 loveliness that comes out of everything uh everything we're walking in life but yep that's what we're gonna do and that's that's really why I decided to move to this format as I've told you and then you know for listeners is I like doing the interviews I think that's so fun it's great to interview these authors and people I've always wanted to talk to and that kind of thing but I really love those podcasts that I listen to where you can just tell the people know each other and yes. you just feel like that fly on the wall, like you get to be there with them and like you kind of That's get to right. know them. And so yeah. I wanted to bring in people that I was familiar with, that we already had some history together so that we could just have those those conversations, like the back and forth of it instead of that that more interviewee type of approach. So I'm glad to kind of have both because I'll have you guys on for three episodes a month and then I'll bring in one interview and I think it's going to be a really nice mix. I think that's a great mix. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be yes. so fun. Yay, we have Jody McKenna on as one of our new co-hosts as well. I'm so excited to be welcoming her to the show. So welcome, Jody. Thank you. I'm super duper excited too. It's going to be lots of fun. Lots in store for these women. And we just we just love to chit chat. And so you guys just all get to listen on, in on our normal conversation, which I think is super fun. 
always. Yes. And we've got lots of fun topics. We're going to be talking about a lot of crunchy things and books and reading and Bible stuff all into the new year, which I'm really excited about. But my first question for you today for this episode is, what made you decide to come on board to co-host in 2018? Well, I thought a lot about it and I prayed about it. And, um, I think I just wanted to be famous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, well, I um, hate to disappoint you with this show. <laughs> no, no. I, um, when we did it uh, in the, f- uh, I guess it was in the fall, um, it was really fun because um, my husband, Brian, sometimes I refer to him as the oil engineer. Yeah. He got really excited about this. Like, oh. I th- and I think because, um, because I don't blog quite like I used to, I don't, and I don't really have quite the creative outlet Mm -hmm. in the same way. I looked at this opportunity as almost my way of blogging, but through spoken word and also as a creative outlet, just like I kind of do on Instagram too. Um, and it's an opportunity actually to spend more time with you, quite honestly. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And one of the biggest things is I recently um, was listening to a book and um, they were talking about like mentors in your life and things like that. And I always thought that a mentor really had to be someone like that you sat down with and you met and you knew them in real life. But when I think about all the people that have mentored me, half of those people I don't even know. Yeah. And so I've, it's always been on my heart to mentor. Like I, as soon as I became a believer, I started mentoring other people and women and college students. And it's just something I love doing. And I, I've always wished to have an older woman mm-hmm. speaking into my life. Yeah. And so I see really this show and our time together as us getting to talk to young mommies or even yeah. old mommies like yeah. us or, you know, that, that meant that mentoring doesn't have to be in person, but by just living life together, mm-hmm. that, that is a type of mentorship and it's extending our friendship mm-hmm. to the people who are listening. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really good. And we kind of have like a range of ages here between all of us co-hosts for the show right yeah. now. And so I really love that, that we've got, you know, you, I mean, how old is your oldest now? He's a teen, right? Yeah, he's 13. So you've got some teenagers in the mix and then, you know, Aaron's got a baby. So it's like, we've got this, this big spread and that's fun to be able to offer. I think we all have four kids too. I just thought of that. Yeah. Look at all these commonalities. I love it. Aaron, you're here for the Christmas episode. Hey, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited (laughs) to have you. It's just one episode in the midst of many that we will be doing, talking about all kinds of fun things like books and crunchy stuff and some of our favorite (laughs) TV shows. And I think it's going to be super fun. But would you like to tell everyone what made you even decide to come on board with being a co-host with Cultivating the Lovely? Yeah, well... One, I just love you, Mackenzie. So, <laughs> I hope that that's an okay answer. I, that's so I sweet. love you're you're such an encouragement, and really, we have so much in common. Yes. And I, 
I feel like it's good. You know, I don't know all of your co-hosts super well, but I think some of them might be different and then some of them might be, you know, more similar to you. And the fact that we have a lot in common, I feel like we can, um, we just have a lot of fun talking to each other and encouraging each other, but also both of us encouragement's a big part of our gifting. And I think together we can hopefully really be a powerhouse of encouragement to all of your listeners. And I just love what you're doing with the show. And so it, it was one of those things. You know, I, I struggle with saying no, yeah, and I worked too. really hard on on not saying yes to things that are not like my best yes. You know that Lisa yeah. Torker's book. Yeah, and so I think I may have read it in her book or something I read a few years ago. It was that you know it's something that you should consider saying yes to when you get the email or whatever, and and you're like, oh yes, <laughs> like, yeah, like you know it's not. Mm, I don't know. And so when I got your message asking me, I, I was super excited and I Aww. almost knew immediately. So that thank you so, so much. Fun. I'm so glad that that was your reaction. Cause when you put it out there, it's like, you kind of just don't know. And I was like tossing ideas of different people around trying to figure it out. And then when we did our episode earlier this year, I was like, we we got something going on. This could be a lot of fun. And like you were saying, just like how many commonalities? Because it's funny, between the three co-hosts I'm bringing on, two of you guys are ENFPs. Oh, wow. But out of the two of you, there's still a lot of, like... Like the other ENFP, Jody McKenna, she does a lot of crunchy things and stuff too, but I feel like there's some similarities more so with the two of us. And so even though she is ENFP, we have differences still. So I think that's just a really fun dynamic to have and to kind of see how different ENFPs function. And I think it's going to be just really fun having all of you guys on. Yay. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm just, I'm so grateful to have you. So I know it's just a couple of days before Christmas, but if you are still looking for that perfect gift for a Jesus lover in your life, then I highly recommend you think about getting the brand new Bible reading and meditation guide from Stone Soup for Five called I Will Meditate, but is available on Amazon.com. So great, you can use Prime and get it in plenty of time. This first volume of the I Will Meditate guide focuses on Matthew, Genesis, and Exodus 1 through 12. Carrie is a good old friend of mine, and she's done a beautiful job of crafting it together. So what is it exactly? Well, it's a Bible reading guide that forces you to slow down and engage with scripture in a way that solidifies it in your mind and helps you think through how it applies to your life right now. It takes on average about 15 to 20 minutes a day. You'll read through one chapter each day and answer seven questions. There are six days a week of Bible reading, and on the seventh day, you'll review your work from the previous week, looking for themes God might be bringing up in your life and reflecting on what you've learned so far. Each of the following volumes will move between New Testament and Old Testament to prevent bogging down in some of the more difficult portions of the Bible. None of the pages are dated, so if you miss a day or a week, you can just jump back in where you left off and never feel behind or that you have to catch up. At this slower pace, it will take approximately three years to work through the entire Bible, but it will be at a pace that helps you process and remember what you've learned rather than read and check off with no real life change. And one of the best parts is that at the end, you will have created a wonderful handwritten and personalized commentary on the entire Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty amazing legacy to be able to leave to my kids and even look back on myself later in life. 
Like I mentioned, you can get I Will Meditate on Amazon. It's been ranking pretty high there in the Christian books. So proud of you, Carrie. Go check it out for more information. You can also go to stonesoupfor5.com and we'll have all the links to this guide on Amazon and the regular website at bullturquoise.com forward slash 045. And now that we've covered all the fun reasons why my co-host decided to come on the show in the first place, let's get to the really fun stuff. Let's talk about Christmas. We're going to kick it off with Leah. Okay, so let's get to the goods because everyone wants to know about your English Christmas. So that's what this episode is all about. Okay, let's do it. So (laughs) this is so typical often of... um, social media interaction people will contact me and ask me questions about England and I had a question this week from a a really sweet lady who said is it true that in England you everyone puts their tree up on Christmas Eve they wait until Christmas Eve and to to put their tree up and I I was like no that's not true (laughs) at all where where have you got that from she was like oh another British myth bites the dust and she said well you know, maybe it's an Anglican tradition or something. I said, no, generally people are already putting their trees up and all the way through the December, they're decorating and we're pretty similar to you. And I think she was disappointed that we were so similar and that it wasn't the, and I maybe uh, there's probably some, I'm sure there's some Dickensian film or story um, where they put the tree up on Christmas Eve and uh, people still think that's us Brits. Yes. (laughs) Which is, which is so funny. And I know I get that a lot. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, I know I just went on Facebook live and I was like, okay guys, tell me what your, you know, questions are for Leah about Christmas. And they were all like, tell us about English Christmas traditions and how is the decor different? And like, I'm like, okay, well, I think she's, you know, experienced some different things culturally. So maybe she can shed some light on this, but it might just be the same. So, well, I have experienced Christmas in the States okay. once or twice, which was amazing. Uh, my One of my favorite memories was uh, being in a hot tub on Christmas Eve in Grand Rapids, Michigan with my friend. And it was snowing. We oh, were surrounded by best. snow. And I think we were drinking eggnog. And um, yeah, it was amazing. And I've had um, another one of my favorite Christmases uh, was in Norway. Um, wow. And we left, I remember going to a church service on Christmas Eve, leaving as it started to snow. And um, it was the most magical moment. And uh, yeah, Norway, Norway do Christmas really, really well. And I think you, I think, you see, I have these perceptions of countries like that around Christmas and they, there are very different traditions there. I think for the British Christmas, I mean, I think some of the major differences would be with the food. Okay. Um, so you guys have obviously in in the, the USA, your Thanksgiving, the turkey would be associated with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Whereas here, the turkey is, is associated with Christmas. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know, again, historically, they would some people would have a goose or a pheasant or mm-hmm. but you know people don't do that now unless you're extreme you know uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the royal family have a yes. pheasant for Christmas <laughs> day but generally it's turkey roast potatoes um brussels sprouts are always on there um and then a few of the things that are very traditional to the british eating around christmas are things like mince pies which is um 
In fact, we just had an American friend stay with us and we gave him his first mince pie uh, with cream, which he loved. And it's and, and it, it basically it's spiced fruit inside pastry. Okay. Um, so that's very traditional. And also some uh, Christmas pudding, which is very much uh, just spiced fruit. Okay. Um, made into like a big uh, a dome and um, cooked. Um, so, yeah, there. Are, I think the main differences would be with the food. That's interesting. Um, so people would have a Christmas tree, decorate the tree, decorate the house. Um, again, fr- um, people do put lights on the outside of their houses a little bit. And, and there are some areas of the country where you would go for a drive around because they're known for doing that. But we we wouldn't even think about putting lights on the outside of our house it's not oh. a normal thing huh. um it's a growing thing that probably we've got from the states yeah. which are some of our traditions i think we have we've kind of gathered from our friends in america which is um, so but, funny to me because yes. i think yeah. part of why people are so fascinated with like oh what is a you know an english christmas like it's because you know Everything in America is so commercialized yes. and over the top. And when we think yeah. of England, it's like, oh, they have all this history and they have, you know, yeah. it's more steeped in tradition. I mean, you have a monarchy, although apparently we are adding an American yes. to the monarchy. You're joining us. Yes. You're joining us. <laughs> of course. So, at last. Yes. I know. I heard somebody tweeted, um, making America Great Britain again. And I just cracked up at that. I thought that was so funny. But but anyhow, so I think that's why people think like, oh, it must be different. Like you have Charles Dickens and you have, you know, like it must be more traditional and somehow like, I don't know. It just feels different. I think it would feel different if you being, um, you know, being here, living here. And yes, we've got you can visit like last Christmas for a gift. My mum paid for all my family to go to a castle, a, a local castle like you do. Um, yes, local this- castle. <laughs> Just one of those. Um, in Leicestershire. And it was, um, they'd put on a few evenings where you could go and, and it was fu- so beautifully decorated. Loads of Christmas trees. You know, Father Christmas was there. They had mince That's pie, a difference. Food. That's a difference um, right there. Father okay, Christmas. Okay, so Santa Claus, Father yeah. Christmas, same. Is it in the name? Is that what you mean? Yes. That's the diff- yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, I actually probably wouldn't normally say Father Christmas. I don't know why I said that. Santa. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we don't really do Santa in our family, but that's another yeah. thing. But um, yeah, people do call him Father Christmas, which is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that, but. <sighs> was there at the castle in a big sleigh and the cool thing we did was there was um, an open fire in the entrance of the castle and we sang carols together as a a kind of a gathering of people Um, and that was a really great experience and that felt very English um, and a really lovely experience but really caroling and eating, feasting and decorating, you know, the kind of the rhythm of those kind of Christmas traditions, they come through, um, I guess, wherever you are. Um, definitely, I think if you were an American doing Christmas here, maybe you would see, you know, some of the things that are different and the stuff that we do. But um, yeah, I, you know, lots of kind of um, 
yes, singing carols and going to play, going to plays. I mean, oh, do you okay. have pantomimes in America? Do you know what a pantomime, pantomime. is? Well, like pantomime to us is like someone with white face paint who doesn't say any words and just uses hand motions. That, so that would be a mime. Okay, so pantomime would be like a Christmas show. We have. We would singing. probably call it a Christmas so like a, pageant. Okay, there we go. So <laughs> we're learning. Yes. And there are people listening and, and correcting us probably while they're yeah. <laughs> googling away. Okay, no, that's not oh. But yeah, so I'm sure if we um if we you know if we really analyze, put them side by side, they would be things. And yeah, but generally it's it's pretty similar. Okay. It's it's interesting. And uh, in fact, Dave and I and the family we were invited to a fam an American family's house who live in the UK um to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um they invited us around the table and it was interesting eating the thanksgiving meal yeah um because again, a few of the elements of that we would have on christmas day oh, um yeah. very traditionally but it was great oh Yum. and the pumpkin pie was amazing oh that's fun that was fun yeah, yeah. i hope that um I feel like I've probably disappointed people. No, about the last I think that's great. I think it's like a reality check that it's not all, you know, it's not all like the monarchy, except for, you know, your occasional uh, castle Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and, and one thing normal. that happens. Okay, so people might find this interesting. On Christmas Day at three o'clock every single year, the Queen gives a speech. Okay. So it she to do it live at three o'clock, but she they pre-record it, and everyone will have their Christmas dinner, their Christmas lunch, and they will sit around the TV and watch the Queen do her speech. And it's normally uh, a reflection on the year and kind of um, talking about what's been going on in her family, and then looking into the future. And that's um, that's a tradition. Everyone yeah. does that. Yeah. See, so in, we'll the, sit. in the US, we wait for the. The, well, for us, it's PBS. For you, it's like BBC. We wait for yeah. those shows, Christmas episodes. <laughs> That's how <laughs> we get. But we all have Hallmark movies yes. now yes. as well. So, yeah, we are very much joined across the water. <laughs> okay. So that brings me into, like, what I'm going to wrap up with our, this Christmas segment of our show is some favorites of yours. So okay. what would be your favorite Christmas movie? So I had a good discussion about this earlier on with my kids. So I think like classic, classic Christmas movie. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. I just, I yeah. could watch that again. Um, kind of classic movie to watch with my children, especially the younger two, would be Polar Express. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Express. That's good. Yeah. Um, and the movie I love to hate, <laughs> Elf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it is it kind of one of those. Crazy, and I always say, no, I don't want to watch it. But when I'm sat watching it, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Really fun. And so many quotable lines. Yes. So you they can't go are wrong with three we'll definitely be watching. Yes. Yeah, those are all really good. Okay, so what about, what's some of your favorite Christmas music? Is it like a particular band or type of music or what do you turn yeah. to? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I've just, uh, yesterday on my personal Facebook page, I just kind of, uh, posed the question, what's your favorite Christmas album? And I got this huge response. 
I mean, people are passionate. Yes. <laughs> music because I wanted to try something different. So, I mean, I, I love, um, I love, I guess a more classical sound around Christmas. So I love Handel's Messiah, even though that's not strictly just Christmas. Um, but I do, I do love listening to that. And I, a couple of times I've been to see a live production, a live concert mm-hmm. um, of Handel's Messiah uh, and, and love listening to carols. But um, so yesterday, a new one I've listened to just after this list came out on my Facebook page was third day. They've got a Christmas. Oh, yeah. app. I love the day and um that was really good and I'm trying to think of some of the others that people suggested Hillsong I've just brought one out as well um what's that one called like anyway we can find out I'm sure but Hillsong yeah. I've just brought out this year uh, I've been listening to that a little bit and that's good um so I like a, a, a real mixture I, yeah. I go from kind of classical Handel's Messiah to a little bit of rocking it out with the day and um, yeah. but I think um I love I love um I love carols I love the words it doesn't happen doesn't yeah. it matter to me how they're done um but you know joy to the world was written in 15 in the 1500s I mean but yet yeah. people still recording that today which yeah. is incredible to me those words still ring true um you know let every heart prepare him room I just mm-hmm. think no matter how that's sung, it's a really powerful line. Um, so yeah. Yeah, totally. It's I just... think I agree. I like a mixture during the holidays too. I mean, it's fun to rock some Trans Siberian Orchestra or Mannheim yeah. Steamroller. That's right. Yeah. But I really like Francesca Battistelli. Okay. She came out with an album a year or two ago and she has a song, and of course it's escaping me right now, but it's like Mary singing to Jesus and it just like it wow. gets me every time it's just it's amazing so I love good. Like yeah wow. so what about like do you have a favorite Christmas themed book well I am absolutely a hardcore Anne Voskamp fan through and through okay. so <laughs> when it comes to Christmas we always bring out um the greatest gift okay um I've been doing Anne's Jessie Tree with my children when it was just a printable on her blog. Wow. So we would, you know, when my older children were little, we would print the stuff off off her blog and cut it out. So when The Greatest Gift came out, someone bought it for me as a, as a gift and we love it. And um, we tend to start it and always finish it because life gets yeah. busy. But there's something about bringing it out and, you know, flicking through it, mm-hmm. uh, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love, I mean, I've got a few um, books, Christmas storybooks that we always have in the box that we bring out every year. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, you know, I love Dickens Christmas Carol um you know just classic stories like that I just think are so lovely too and again it's not that I read that every year but I'll pull it out and I'll 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 extract certain parts of it and we'll remember certain bits of it um yeah so it's probably probably what we read around Christmas that's fun I have really enjoyed the books by Arnold I'm probably gonna butcher his last name but Arnold Utreide and okay. they're like Jotham's Journey, 
Bartholomew. Oh, yes. So yes, they're we, really good. Yes. Yeah, we're on Bartholomew this year. We read Jotham a couple years ago, and then we did Amon's Adventure for um, Easter and Resurrection. And my kids just love them. And they're so, I mean, for the little ones, it's a little much, but for the boys, like they're so intense and gripping, and they just, they love so them. good. Yeah. That's good. There's an author called Alison Utley or Utley. Um, and there's, and I have one book of hers that's just called Christmas Stories. And they're beautiful, just short stories that can be read before bed, um, which have a, a lovely Christmas theme to them. Hmm. Uh, and some of them would, you know, they're animals or they're nature. She's generally quite nature um, themed, her oh, stories. Yeah. So I pulled that one out yesterday as well. Um, so I think we'll start reading that. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to kind of pull them all out again. Yeah, just kind of have those yes. seasonal books that you get out. Yeah, and I love that. interested in again. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah. Brings back memories. Yeah. Totally. Well, this was a really fun insight into the differences or lack thereof between yes. American <laughs> and English Christmases. And if I think of something that's extremely different, I will put it on my Instagram and make sure everyone knows. <laughs> that sounds I good. I remembered. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, thank you. And I look forward to talking with you again on our January it, episode. My pleasure. Merry Christmas, everybody. So would you tell us a little bit about what your Christmas looks like? Sure thing. Well, of course, if you could see what I'm dressed in, I've got Christmas light bulb socks on and I have nice. a Snoopy shirt that I got at Target that has Christmas lights all over it. Lovely. Um, so I am embracing, I decided to just embrace the fact that I'm the crazy Christmas lady <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy and content with it. So uh, some of our... I think fun traditions are, um, is that we change our tree every single year. Um, so initially the kids were given a decoration, um, or an ornament from their grandparents each year. And that's really fun, except I love, um, when I take the color, when I take the personality test, the Myers-Briggs, if you look at my, if you look at my personality test, I prefer novelty over stability. So I I like new, I I like new or different. And so, for example, last year we had a bunch of empty Young Living essential oil bottles. And so we hung those all over the tree because we were having a big party. This year we're hanging ninja stars that we've, we bought some origami paper actually yesterday. And so actually right before um, I sat down to talk with you, we were making ninja stars for the tree and we're going to put what we're thankful for on. Um, But some... Some other things that I that I love is um, we have a nail and we put the nail by the trunk of the tree because that reminds us that, you know, Christ is born mm-hmm. at Christmas. But just that foreshadowing, I guess, with the nail that, yeah. that the tree reminds us that he was nailed to the cross so that there is that excitement about Christmas and that magic, if you will. But it's also, you know, he had to be born in order to die for us. Yeah. Um, and then the kids each get three gifts. So one's a need, a want, and a spiritual. And then my one of my favorite, I think, uh, two more favorites. Um, we have birthday cakes. So the kids aren't allowed yes. to get out of bed. And we actually, they we have a birthday party in their bedrooms. And they get to eat cake oh, in bed. <laughs> and fun. we sing happy birthday to Jesus. And then we have wise men. And we move the wise men all over the house. And the kids wake up and they have to find the wise men. 
Oh, that's fun. You've got a lot of great traditions going on there. Yes, I love I love Christmas. I love traditions and but still those are stable, so we kind of have to change them a little bit because I like them being novel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are you rocking these Christmas sweaters? Like, do you have enough to last you the season or? Well, I, I honestly, I, I just can't break down and buy one of those. Now, when my girlfriend and I, we went out um, to Target one night after our church women's retreat. And there's like these velour poinsettia jumpsuits and we tried them on or poinsettia I think it was we tried them on but that's as far as I got I do not have the crazy sweater see I don't really wear the stuff like all season long except our church is having a carol sing where apparently people go insane like I guess last year a lady showed up with like a candle on each shoulder like a lit are you serious candle on each shoulder she like had to practice walking all year long then not to drop. That. I know, or lighting her hair on fire. Like I just That's can't imagine. Crazy. But my mom and I over the last couple huh. of days have been like gearing up. So I have like a full tinsel scarf that I'm putting lights throughout. Oh, and yay. like a poinsettia and this big gold bird that I'm putting in my hair <gasps> and that's I have awesome. these thigh high striped socks with Christmas trees at the top of them that I'm going to put over my leggings <laughs> and I got these big ridiculous earrings so we got like stuff to deck out the kids I think it's going to be so much fun that will be awesome now here's here's the question for you real tree or fake okay I've always been a fake tree person I, it's just all my life. We just always had a fake tree. And last uh-huh. year we bought this big, beautiful, like everything my heart has ever wanted from a fake tree. However, with my living situation, I no longer have that tree. So oh. I am reassessing as I move forward in the future because I've heard that there is this company in town that does real trees and they flock them. And first they put your lights on for you and then they flock them. So the lights what? like show out through the flocking and I don't know. I'm thinking maybe oh. once I'm out on my own and have my own place, like we might do that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. It might be just like this whole new thing. And I'm really into the flocked trees for some reason all of a sudden. So Okay, you're going to have to explain to this Hoosier. What is a flocked tree? It's where they like, like I just imagine geese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they spray it with some white substance so it looks oh. like it's like filled with snow. Snow. Yeah. And I love like white and gold and silver Christmas decorations and stuff. And so I just like I've been pinning all those on Pinterest. And I think, you know, when I have got all my own Christmas thing going on, I might just do it. That's neat. And then I will send you an ornament. That's a goose. Oh, that would be wonderful. (laughs) I would put it right in front. Oh, I love I love inside jokes. Flock. Yeah, send me a flock of geese. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. I love it. So I'm assuming you're a real tree person. I am a real tree person. However, I live with a very practical person who actually figured out how cost effective it would be if we bought oh, a no. pre lit tree. Yeah. yeah. So we have to, 
and my my 13 year old son was on board with this and so then everyone else went on board with it so we have to use the um the pre-lit christmas tree for at least five years and then it pays itself off (laughs) so i'm counting down this is year number two oh so three more years and then i'm going for the real tree again (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) i love that oh my goodness I, it doesn't surprise me though. I mean, yeah, he's the engineer. I'm not. Yeah, he's the engineer, and yeah, I'm. But I, I would rather not have something practical. I just want to smell it. Yeah. So that, like, see, I've, I've never had oil. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got, got your the oil. oils going. Yeah. So it smells like a pine forest in our house, but it there's still it's still not quite the same. Like yeah, you know, because the when you have the sap and resin from the tree, like the the it. It, it lingers longer. Yeah. So. Well, and see, though, I'm, there is this one reservation I have. Years ago, our blogger friend Yolanta oh. had a real tree. I don't know if you remember this on her blog. And praying mantises hatched out of it. And so no. they took it out back. I'm pretty sure it was oh. her. They took it out back, like undecorated it, got it, all the bugs off, t- brought it back in. And like the next day, more hatched. So they just threw like the whole tree decorated and everything on the back deck, I think. I am totally going to have to ask her about that. I'm pretty sure it was her. And that has kind of horrified me ever since. Like what might hatch out of this thing when I bring it into my warm house? I never thought about that. Yeah. So, but maybe the flocking would help like seal in (laughs) whatever's there. Mm. That's something to think about now. Yeah. Mm. Frightening, wow. possessed Christmas tree. <laughs> Mom, Dad, it's moving. Yeah. The tree is moving. I yes, think babe. I could handle praying mantises better though than like spiders or something. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Goodness. Okay. Anyhow, so we digress. Ha- yes. Have you ever experienced Christmas in any other culture? I have not. Okay. We because we when we moved, lived in India, I think we left in February. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I totally missed it. Well, then that's not a very exciting question for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite Christmas-themed book? Well, I have two. One is called Jotham's Journey, yes. and it's a whole series yep. um, by Arnold Yatriide. Yes, that's yes. it. You know how to pronounce it. I'm guessing. So that whole that whole series and then the other one is the jesse tree and there's lots of jesse trees Mm -hmm. but this one is by geraldine uh mcgrean and it's really neat it's about this old church and this old church is getting um revitalized i think they're putting in a stained glass window or something like that and how this child keeps coming in and talking to um the man who's installing this and you know, and it brings in all the Jesse tree elements and cause you know, that then becomes an ornament and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really neat. And then there's a surprise ending. And oh, so I, I, I really that love one. that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that one. What's yours? I really like Francine Rivers nov- oh. novella of Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it just gives you this different perspective. Like she did a lot of cultural research and I, I mean, it just, if it is, if it did, like, she talks very intensely about the birth and how that all happened. And 
I just found it incredibly interesting and gave me more empathy for like what Mary went through that mm-hmm. night and how she was really expecting to be birthing mm. a king. Yeah. And then when things went so differently than that, I just, yeah. I just found, I mean, it's not necessarily a Christmas book, but I love to read it around Christmas time because you just kind of get that deeper glimpse into what Mary's life was likely like. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I find it, it helps me to be very like introspective and really kind of thinking about the holiday more deeply when I read mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I love that one. I'm going to have to look that up and put that on my Kindle. It's really good. And it's pretty short because it's just a novella. So yeah. I read through it, I think, in a few days. Okay. So so what's your favorite Christmas music? Because we've heard <laughs> on the podcast before, this is like a year-round thing for you. This is true. Um, I love basically Ben Crosby. And okay. so I listen to Ben Crosby on Pandora. Do you know he was born in my town? Get out. Really? He was. We have a theater named after him. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, and then I love, um, I, well, I just discovered this. I love Michael Buble. Yes. And Gene Autry. Okay. Yeah. All so I kind stuff. of create a mix on Pandora. Yep. And I, d- I opted to do the paid version of Pandora, which is only like three bucks a month oh. because then you don't get all the ads. Yeah. And then my kids can listen to it and I don't have to worry. Yeah, that's true. Except for you won't have a chance to hear me reading any of those ads. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Okay. So favorite Christmas movie, what would it be? Well, you know, there's the old standby of a Christmas story, but it has to be the television version of a Christmas story. Ah. Um, You know, that's the one with the fragile lamp. Yes. Um, and the BB gun. Yes. (laughs) But the funniest thing is, is the the little boy who ends up having to put the um, snowsuit on. Yeah. Or no, he gets the bunny costume. The bunny costume. Seriously, that is what my husband looked like when he was a little kid. Oh my goodness. And so I just always picture that as Brian. (laughs) That's so funny. So I just can't stop laughing. But then Elf. I mean, that's kind of a classic. It is. That's really good. Modern day classic. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about with Leah and we were saying that's kind of the the movie you love to hate. Like it's you like have some reservation, but then it's just so funny. You just want to watch it anyway. It is. Yeah, it's funny. But then Claymation Rudolph. Yes. I I just love that. And I discovered Hallmark Christmas movies. Right. Okay. They're so cheeseball, but I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Why is it we're still, we're retracted to that same storyline and I know. it always seems new. Like, you know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen and who's going to get together with who. And, yeah. but I still will sit there and just watch just them yeah. back to back. It's so silly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, Brian's like, always like, you're watching that again. I know. <laughs> Go to bed. This is how I'm unwinding. Yep. I know. My my dad works late on Saturday nights, and so my mom and I get, like, a really good fill of all these ridiculous shows that we want to watch that he would be annoyed with. So Yes. I great. can totally relate. Yeah. And I have, awesome. I have one that, I mean, I love, for some reason, 
all the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. Oh, like, yes! Those were just, like, especially that first one was so magical to me when I was little. It was, like, right before yeah. I gave up believing in Santa Claus that I listened to that. I hope I didn't just, like, ruin anything. Nobody's, like, playing this <laughs> <laughs> a speaker in their house but anyway I just I thought yeah. they were just magical and really good and then this one I know I probably shouldn't like it has like some things in it I do not endorse but The Holiday <gasps> I, we just watched that last night I love The yeah. Holiday especially like Kate Winslet's whole mm-hmm. side of it I just I love that I love yeah it. we yeah we yeah we just watched that and but we still kept cracking up, even when Jack Black wasn't doing things that were funny. They right? were still funny because I just saw him as Nacho Libre. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh. Oh, I love that. You're one of those few people in my life that I can just throw one of those quotes out there. And it's like, I know, <laughs> I know she knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Any Let's of get those down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh. Okay. So I think that's probably, I mean, that gives us a well-rounded image of your Christmas. So do you want to tell us some way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Let's see. I joined a pen pal club. Oh, fun. Yeah, I know that sounds, my my kids are like, mom, why are you doing pen pals when you can just text someone? (laughs) And I said, I said, because I want to go back where you slowed down and you really took the time to invest in people. And I, and I know that you yeah. can, we can still do that now locally, but there's just this idea of, of writing a letter that someone knows that you've taken the time to do it. And I, and I love just the process of writing. Like I even yeah. took a handwriting course. I love to write yeah. just to write and watch the ink come out and all that. So I found a pen pal club and there's a lot of stuff now that you kind of have to be careful about, but I found a yeah. pen pal club that's just for women. And so I've got actually multiple pen pals, wow. some in the States, some overseas. And, um, I'm really excited. I got my first letter this week Ooh. and that was really fun. She actually made me an envelope and Ooh. then stuck her letter inside. So it's just fun because it's kind of these crafty people. I mean, actually exchanging a Christmas gift with a gal in Egypt. Wow. So I, this really is, is bringing the element of slowness yeah. and being very intentional in a very busy season. Cause it really doesn't make sense for me to do this, Yeah. but I just thought how cool to really develop a relationship yeah. with maybe another woman, my age or, uh, I don't know, somewhere across the world. I just, it just seemed neat and old fashioned and yeah. novel. I like that. Going into the new year and we're bringing on Patreon and we're talking a lot about like self-care. Mm. And sometimes we have to do those things that don't really make sense for us to be taking the time to do them because they do cause us to slow down or process things more or, you know, just be able to kind of refill ourselves. And so I love that. That's such a creative way of doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. That's a great idea. Okay, as far as I go, this episode is just going to be full of ways that I'm currently cultivating loveliness because I think I'm answering the question with all three of you. Uh, Yeah. But I am just kind of sitting down and looking back over 
all the reading that I've done this year and assessing kind of how I want to move forward in 2018, looking at books that are going to be coming out that I might want to read or stuff that I didn't get around to this year. That's kind of one of my favorite tasks heading into Mm -hmm. the new year. It's like one of those goal things for me that I just like to figure out like, okay, what do I actually want to be, you know, focusing my mind on and thinking about. And so I'm just kind of having fun sorting through all of that Mm -hmm. and and remembering the books I read this year. That was really fun too, like scrolling through my Goodreads. It wasn't nearly Mm -hmm. as many as I planned on reading, but it was still really fun to be like, oh yeah, I read that. That was so good. And just kind of, it was a fun way to look back at 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are you a Goodreads girl? I am. And you are. I yes. am so a Goodreads girl. <laughs> it must be the Ian. Are you also? Yes, I am. Yeah. My Brian got me on it and our 13 year old is on actually all of our, almost all of our kids are on Goodreads. Wow. And, and cause each of our, our new year's resolutions, we set a book goal. Mm-hmm. And so I have it categorized by what I read each year. Like what's yep. a business book? What's personal development, what's for co-op. And so, yeah, I totally, and plus being able to just like see the progress in the book you're actually reading, like Mm -hmm. that percentage that you've read and then seeing like how many you've actually done of your overall goal. Yep. I love it. I love it. And we're going to talk about that in our January episode. So it'll be so much fun. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, my dear. And I hope that you have a lovely Christmas. Well, thank you. And thanks for I love talking about Christmas. So I I mean, anytime you want to talk about Christmas, I am there because it starts in October here. Right. We'll have to do a Christmas in July episode just for you. That would be so much fun. We could be like Oprah and we'll give something to you and you and you in July. Great. Oh, I better make it big by July so I can afford all that. Okay. Well, anyway, it'll be a ton of fun. And thank you. No problem. Thank you. Merry Christmas. You too. So for this episode, though, we're talking all about Christmas. And so I've interviewed the other two ladies. I'm so excited to hear what some of your answers are to these similar questions. So would you like to tell me about some of your favorite Christmas traditions? Yeah. You know, Mackenzie, it's been really fun over the last you know, going on, my husband and I've been married almost 13 years and we've had kids for nine and a half. So over the last, you know, really almost decade of developing our own traditions and a couple that I really like, one is that we give our kids just three gifts at Christmas. Hmm. Now that does not mean they are deprived. (laughs) They get plenty for grandparents and aunts and uncles. And we also, that does not count their stocking stuffers. We, we fill their stockings up pretty But we really want to focus on um, the spiritual aspect of Christmas and how it's a celebration of Christ's birth. And so we have tried ever since our oldest was a baby to be super intentional about the gifts we give them. And so we give them three gifts and we give them something they want, something they need and something to foster spiritual growth. And so, for example, and and it really takes a lot of thought, honestly, because our kids really don't need anything. Um, So we have 
to really think outside the box for that. And with the spiritual growth, you know, you can only give them so many Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> so every year that, you know, that kind of takes a lot of different form. And, you know, our oldest this year, she is getting some, um, she's getting some devotional books and our second is getting some books on um, like women from the Bible because she's learning how to read. And then our third is getting um some like coloring and preschool skill books with that have that also are biblically themed and our youngest he's just getting a toy that's Noah's Ark and so um that's one that we really have to think about yeah another another tradition I love um that our kids kind of initiated which was pretty cool they kept asking us a couple years ago can we sleep beside the Christmas tree and they would ask us all the time and so we finally decided that we would start a tradition that on December 23rd so the eve of Christmas Eve. So okay. not Christmas Eve, but like two days before Christmas, that we would let them sleep in their sleeping bags beside the Christmas tree. Oh. And they have loved that. And so what we do, they sleep beside the Christmas tree. And as they're going to sleep, they watch a nativity story, that movie. Mm-hmm. And I've usually already like baked, we bake some Christmas cookies, maybe eat some popcorn. And so it's a really fun tradition. That two is days fun. I like that. How fun to just kind of go to sleep by the the twinkling lights and everything. That was a great idea on your kids' part. It really was. <laughs> we might have to start that. Well, actually, we kind of are sleeping by the tree. I just, that dawned on me. <laughs> but in our current living situation. Yeah. But next year, we should continue with that tradition. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So this is something I thought of this question when I was talking to Leah, because obviously she's in England, and so she's got this different cultural perspective on Christmas a little bit. But I was wondering, have you ever experienced Christmas in any other culture? So I haven't experienced Christmas Day. I did live in Costa Rica for a year after college, but I went home for Christmas. So I I think I was there for, you know, like right before. But I did go to Puerto Rico, which is technically part of the U.S., but it is a Latino culture. I went there on a mission trip. I think the day after Christmas. Oh, wow. One year. And so um, I remember that they were still doing Christmas um, festivities there. And I remember we did this tradition that they do there where our mission team went with, with a lot of Puerto Ricans and we went and sung Christmas carols at people's houses. And so we would just show up in front of their house and start singing. And then the tradition is like, if somebody comes to your house and starts singing Christmas carols, you invite them in. Wow. So they invited us in. And this was like super late at night. I don't know, maybe like 10, 11. And um, they invited us in and they pulled out like anything they had in their cabinets, their refrigerators or whatever to feed us. Wow. And I thought, I don't know how this would go over in the United States, yeah. you know, like in regular states because, you know, is my house clean enough to invite people in? Like, what do I have to feed people? Yeah. But the Latino culture is super hospitable. And so it was, it's kind of one of those things. It doesn't really matter. You just invite people in and it's more about relationships than how the house looks. And so we just ate whatever they had and it was really fun. That's awesome. Like, I think that sometimes we really need to have a nod to some of those things in our culture because it is so easy to get caught up with the, I'm not prepared. I wasn't expecting this. I don't, you know, have what I think I need or whatever, or just this Mm -hmm. is inconvenient. You know, I think that they do such a good job of focusing on relationships in a lot of other cultures. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. That's fun that you got to do that. Very cool. 
Okay, so what is your favorite Christmas-themed book? Okay, so this one isn't a, the whole book's not about Christmas, but um, there are some Christmas scenes, Little Women. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a few Christmas scenes in there in the book. And then, of course, if you've watched the the movie from, I don't know, it came out in like maybe 93 or something yeah, with like Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's a lot of Christmassy scenes in the, the movie version. And so I love Little Women. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like theater companies do that play around Christmas time. It's just mm-hmm. somehow has that kind of connotation to it. Well, yeah. That's a fun choice because it's not expected. Okay, what is some of your favorite Christmas music? So my favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. I yes. just feel like so worshipful and I just, I love it. And it doesn't matter who's singing it. There's, you know, different arrangements of it. I love it. Um, but as a teenager and probably in my 20s, and I was just thinking the other day, I need to find that old CD because I have one CD player in my car. But <laughs> I loved Rebecca St. James. Oh my goodness. Um, Yes. Christmas album. Did you listen to that? That is so funny. I was obsessed with Rebecca St. James when I was (laughs) younger. Like, went to numerous concerts of hers and just, I loved Rebecca St. James. So, that is so funny that you would bring that up. Yeah. That's one more thing we have in common. Yes. I used to have like this t-shirt with her picture on it. It was just like a big picture of Rebecca St. James That's and I would so wear it in college. And like my friends now, they like laugh at me about how <laughs> you would wear that Rebecca St. James t-shirt all the time. It's like this big oversized shirt. That's and so um, yeah, I would do her devotional books when I was a teenager. Yep. I just loved her so much. And her yep. album was so good. Like her style was kind of like Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except Christian. You know, yes. and so my parents were, you know, not super into me listening to a lot of secular music, but yeah. Rebecca St. James had the same sound and it was uplifting and yep. her Christmas album was really good. I think I got saved like over and over again at every one of her concerts. You know, how you're just like, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm, I'm born again, again. You know, it was just so funny. I remember doing in high school, like my first year at a public high school, and we had to pick someone we wanted to do a report on or whatever. And I totally picked Rebecca St. James and like Aww. had the big printout of her picture. And <laughs> yep. Oh, that is so awesome. I love she that. is so she was really good to really bring teenage girls to the heart of Jesus. Yeah. You know, whether it be through the Christmas music or through her devotional books or through like her just regular music. Yeah, so, that's I cool. Agree. How fun to have that in common. A lot of people are like, who? I'm like, it's Rebecca St. James. And now I think it's her. Yes. Well, and now it's funny because her brothers are pretty big with For King and Country. And I remember being at her concerts and having her little brothers like dancing all crazy on the stage and everything. And now the fact that they're like these big artists and stuff just always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I figured that out last year and my mind was just blown. I could not believe those are her brothers because I love it when their music comes on. Okay, I love, I love listening to them. Yeah, <laughs> they're really good. It was, yeah, it's fun to, to make those correlations. Okay, so what do you think would be just like your favorite thing about Christmas overall? Oh, I mean, really just slowing down and celebrating yeah. Jesus. I know it sounds so cliche, no, but, but it's true. just, you know, a time to really be worshipful and reflect on all he has done. 
and especially just looking over the last year and just being grateful for him that really is you know I'm not a big presence person I, my husband and I were laughing last night if if it weren't for him I said if it weren't for you like getting the presents what do you think he said well, our kids wouldn't have any presents <laughs> I just forget to even like order stuff but I I love and that's why I love our tradition of the three gifts that are really intentional because yeah. I feel like it it helps us to point them back to Jesus too. And I love the music and I love like the cozy feeling, yeah. you know, of winter and the lights. But yeah, all about Jesus. Yeah. we. I like that cozy feeling too. This year, I'm kind of savoring the fact that it's not with snow outside <laughs> because <laughs> I just still don't feel ready for it. Like it's been cold, but we haven't had all the snow yet. I'm like, that's okay. We can be cozy without like the picture of snow. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Yes. You guys. My kids aren't so happy, but I'm thrilled. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite Christmas movie? Okay. So I kind of have three. Okay. Um. Well, my favorite one, my, my really... Like if you, if I could only watch watch one Christmas movie, I would watch a Nativity Story over okay. and over. Um, you know, it just gives me chills. I think it's just really well done, but not overdone. You know, and that's the one that our kids watch on the eve of Christmas Eve. So I really yeah. like that one. For a secular Christmas movie that always makes me laugh is mm-hmm. Elf. Yes, <laughs> I love, Elf is just hilarious, and it just it always makes me laugh. And I'm one of these people that I don't like to watch movies over and over again. Like okay. I give it to me one time. There's only a very few movies, and A Nativity Story and Elf are two that I like to watch over and over again. Something kind of funny. I grew up watching like the Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation. National Lampoons. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so this is what's so funny about that. My parents are very, like, conservative. You know, they, like, we did not have, like, cuss words in our house. And, you know, they screened what we watched on TV and all that. So I watched that movie growing up, and, like, our whole family would laugh at it. We thought it was hilarious. Well, then sometime in my 20s, my (laughs) husband hadn't watched it. I said, oh, my goodness, we should watch Natural, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And he was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, it's so funny. It's like my favorite movie as a kid. So we start watching it, and I was like <laughs> appalled. I was like, oh, my goodness. My parents let me yeah. watch this. And so my mom said, we taped it off the TV. Like, we, we ha- they had a VHS where they had filtered all of that stuff out that's, like, oh, in the funny. real movie. And so growing up, I never knew that there, there was, was like, so much stuff in, it. stuff in it. Yeah. So now I'm like, I don't really rec- – I don't know that my kids will watch yeah. that for a while. Yeah. Or, you know, we have to find an edited version. <laughs> yeah. That's totally the one that, like – it's one of those guilty pleasure ones, one I totally grew up with. Same thing, only it wasn't the edited version. And now my parents and I were like, well, let's watch this while the kids are gone because yeah. we don't want them to see it. But I was telling them the same thing, but I didn't have those things edited. And I said, when I've been in like my 20s, early 30s, I've gone back and watched some of these movies thinking like, oh, I'll show this one to my kids. I loved this movie when I was little. And then we'll start watching it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, mom and dad, what (laughs) were you thinking? Why was this okay? They're just like, whoops, oh, my gosh. Same, totally same thing here. And it's not just that movie, other movies too. Yeah, it's funny to see the differences and yeah. 
somehow there somehow I still remained fairly innocent. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's funny to look back <laughs> on now. So how are you currently cultivating the lovely in this Christmas season? So I'm actually um I'm doing something that normally I, I would say I'm still savoring Christmas, but I'm thinking ahead a little bit to the new year mm-hmm. and I'm doing the Laura Casey power sheets. Have you ever oh, done them? I haven't. I've heard great things about them though. So I'm doing, I got them this year because 2017 was just, it was kind of a, a, a rough year for our family. And just, I felt like I wasn't able to accomplish many goals because the year kind of ran away from me with, with having a new baby and some other things. And so I'm trying come out. Yeah. (laughs) in there. (laughs) People are like, what what did you do 2017? I'm like, well, professionally, it wasn't like the best year. And they're like, wait a minute. Didn't you have a book? I was like, oh yeah, I just like had that That little thing. (laughs) Like I had a baby and then a book. And so everything just kind of blurred together. But, um, so I'm trying to savor the holiday season, but at the same time, like the first part of the power sheets is that you kind of just put out there what's important to you Mm -hmm. and really just it's almost like journaling in a way but it's very intentional prompts and so it's helping me to reflect back and to see some of the things I'm grateful for you know one of the things you do is you make a list to everyone that it has really impacted you this last year that you're grateful for and so that is really cultivating loveliness in my Mm -hmm. life believe it or not yeah take time and maybe just working on like one page a day right before bed that's really helping me I think that's a great one because sometimes I think that planning part of it that foresight that's what really helps me to feel like most on top of life especially I think as an ENFP because we can be a little scattered we can see that shiny Mm -hmm. thing and like oh I want to do this new project or whatever (laughs) but actually taking that time to plan like okay if I want to accomplish these big things I want to do like this is what it's going to take to get there and actually kind of like map out that path that helps me to actually achieve those things and plus just not feel stressed in the process Mm -hmm. and so I for me New Year's is like one of my very favorite things because I love kind of figuring that all out Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah, same here. And, you know, maybe we could do a whole other episode on this um, in the future. But I wrote an ebook several years ago called Your Retreat because I like to take quarterly retreats and That's really awesome. just dig into goal setting and yeah. all that. But one thing I realized recently, like literally like two weeks ago, because I do feel like 2017 kind of ran away with me. Um, I only took one retreat last year. Oh, yeah. And I was like, whoa, no wonder. That's like my thing that I talk about all the time. And for the several years previous to that, I had tried to do like a quarterly retreat. And so it's so important. And, you know, doing it right now and just starting to really think about the next year, even in the midst of the the Christmas season, I think is going to definitely help me as an ENFP not feel so frazzled when that new year starts. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's one of the big things I'm looking forward to with the Patreon group that we're going to be starting on January 1st also, because it's going to have like some of those goal things like broken down for us to be working on like with our home and with self-care and stuff so that women can kind of already have those things set up for them like it's one less thing to have to decide on plus it gives the group accountability to help make some of those goals happen so I'm super excited about getting started with that Mm -hmm. me too that's gonna be awesome I know it'll be really fun 
Okay, well, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Thank you so much. You too, Mackenzie. It was great to talk to you. Yes, I'll have you back on January 2nd. You're the first guest Yay! in the new year. It'll be so fun. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait, girl. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, I think that we can safely say what we've learned today is that Christmas in England isn't all that different from America, that Christmas in July actually sounds pretty awesome, and that deep down we all have a secret love of Elf, if not an out-and-out one. It was so fun getting to chat with Leah, Jody, and Erin for this episode, and I am beyond thrilled to be having them on every month in the new year. You can expect the first episode back on January 2nd, and that's when all the new changes and fun things will be coming to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast. On the first, though, before we even kick off the new weekly format for the podcast with co-hosts and all that jazz, I am going to be opening up Patreon. You guys, I am so excited about this. I've been planning it for a couple of months, and I think you're all going to really, really enjoy it. If you haven't checked out Patreon already, then I will leave a link in the show notes kind of talking about what exactly it is, but it's basically a platform that allows you guys to support the show so that I can bring you even more content. We've got all different kinds of levels of support that you can give throughout the month, and each level has a different amount of content that you will receive. It's super fun. We've got everything from bonus videos and mini podcast episodes to challenges and more community. I think it's going to be an amazing year. I have all of 2018 planned out. We're going to be focusing on homemaking and self-care, and I think it's going to be awesome. So make sure you keep your eyes open. I will be posting all of our social media and sending out emails so you guys will know when it goes live on New Year's Day so you can be a part of it. I think it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be a great way to stick to those resolutions that you're forming and be able to make real progress all through the year. We're going to cultivate the most loveliness in 2018, so please come and join me. All right, ladies, that's it for this episode and for 2017. So until next year, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 